verse 21 says, And thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark. And in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. And there I will meet with thee. And I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat. From between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony. Of all things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. The next part I'm going to read from is John chapter 20 and verse 11. John chapter 20 and verse 11 starts this way. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stood, she stooped down, and she looked inside the sepulcher, inside the grave. Verse 12, and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head, and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. If you could bow your hearts with me. Father, we just thank you for your mercy and your grace, for your presence, Lord, and for your anointing. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that the words that I will speak will edify, will bless, will encourage, Lord Jesus. Lord God, will help us to meditate and to think about your resurrection. We thank you for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them they look good. You may be seated. In Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you were telling the truth. Amen. If you could put the first slide up for me. Topic of my message today is seeing the mercy seat. Seeing the mercy seat. Inside that tent that God had told Moses to make, there were seven pieces of furniture, as the Bible calls them. There was, the first thing was a brazen altar, which was an altar made of brass on which they would sacrifice the animals. Then the second thing, as you walked into the courtyard, would be a brazen labor, a huge bowl that was full of water for washing. Then you would come to the first curtain which on that curtain was embroidered pictures and images of cherubims, of angels. And as you went inside that curtain into the room that was called the holy place, on your left would be a candlestick, a huge golden candlestick with seven lamps for the seven candles. And on your right would be a, a gold table on which were 12 loaves of bread. And then right in front of you, would have been a golden altar on which incense would have been poured. Then you would have come to the second curtain. And again on this curtain was embroidered cherubims, angels. And behind that curtain, as you all know, was something called the Ark of the Covenant. Ark of the Covenant. I have a picture there. And that was made of two pieces. There was the box that was made of wood that was completely covered with gold inside and outside. And then on the top was this kind of lid or covering that was also made of solid gold, of one piece of gold in fact. They were specifically told that it couldn't be made of parts. It was one piece of gold that was solid. And this was, this was made into the form almost of a seat. And on one end were as a cherubim with his wings to form the back of the seat. And on the other end was another cherubim with his other wing to form the back of the seat. And that covering on the top there 
was called the mercy seat. It was the only seat that was provided inside that tent. There was nowhere for the priests or anyone to sit down. But of course, no one ever sat down in that seat. And it was on, in that place that God would meet the high priest. But only once a year could he go in there. Only once on the Day of Atonement could he dare go behind that second curtain. Because if he did, without the right uh, offerings, he would die. And he was the only person for thousands of years, from the time of them building that tabernacle, until the time when Jesus came, where the high priest would go behind the curtain. He was the only person who ever got to see the mercy seat. I want you to think about that. He had to go in there to re represent all of the millions of the people of Israel, all the thousands of each tribe. He was the only one who got to see and go before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He was the only one who got to see the mercy seat. Every year on the 10th day of the month, seventh month, the Jews celebrate the Day of Atonement. Now you may be saying, what has that got to do with Resurrection Sunday? Well, I want to tell you there is a connection. Every year on the 10th day of the seventh month, the high priest would go behind that last veil with some blood. I, I kind of think he went very fearful because if his sacrifice was not accepted, he would die. Nobody else could go behind that. They had to tie a rope around him so that if he fell down dead, they could pull him out. No one else could ever see the mercy seat year after year. Now today is celebrated another one of those Jewish feasts. On Wednesday began the Passover. The world celebrates Jesus dying on Friday, but of course we know that that wasn't the case. But everybody celebrates Resurrection Sunday. Because the scripture I read said on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the garden before it was light. And she was in a hurry. She was looking to go inside the tomb. And as she came, she saw that it had already been rolled away. Now why did I tell you about this thing with the mercy seat? If you could put the next slide up for me. We see that when she went there, she hesitated to go in. All she did was run and call the other disciples. And they came. And they went in and looked in the tomb. And they found nothing. They could not find anything. All they saw was the linen that Jesus had been wrapped in. But in the Old Testament, this place called the mercy seat was something that nobody ever saw. Even when they had to move the tent, the priests would take the curtain and put it on their shoulder and they would go backwards so that they couldn't see. And they would take the curtain and they would drape it over the top of the Ark of the Covenant so nobody could see the mercy seat. That's why when we look in the Old Testament, we see that judgment was so harsh. Every penalty for sin was death. There was almost no mercy because only one person could look at the mercy seat. Only one person could go behind the veil. Only one person could truly get into the presence of God. 
In fact, the original name for that tent was the tent of meeting. God told him to call it the tent of meeting. And the first time they put that tent together, it was not in the middle of the camp. It was far away from the camp. In Exodus chapter 33 and verse 7, the first time they put the tent together, you'll see that they put it far outside the camp. No one was coming close to the mercy seat. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, outside the camp, far off from the camp. No one could come close. No one could see the mercy seat because almost nobody could get mercy. It was so far away. It was the tent of meeting, but only one person could come close to meeting God. Today we celebrate, of course, his resurrection. And we all know what happened when he died. If you could put up the next slide for me. We see that when the first two went in, Peter was running, but John beat him to it. They were in such a hurry. They came to the tomb. And when they bent down and looked inside... All they saw was the linen garments. All they saw was the napkin that had been wrapped around his head. All they saw was the garment that he had been, his body had been wrapped around. But even they did not see the mercy seat. You have to ask yourself why his, some of his closest disciples had come. They had gone into the tomb, but they never saw the mercy seat. After they had left... Mary was left again by herself outside the tomb. And this time, she decided to go inside. And you know what she saw? She saw the mercy seat. You may ask yourself, why would Mary Magdalene see the mercy seat? Well, you have to go back in her story. You have to understand where she came from. You have to understand that she was an outcast. You have to understand that she had been a prostitute. You have to understand that she had been possessed by seven demons. You have to understand that people walked the other side of the street when they saw her. You have to understand that she knew where she came from. She knew where she had begun from. She was not one of the proper people. She was not one of the people that you would have said was most likely to succeed. Peter and John came in, they looked. All they saw was the grave clothes. All they saw was the thing that wrapped his head. All they saw was the remnants. But they never saw the mercy seat. After they had gone, she decided that she was going to look inside. You know, she was the only one who had come looking for him. The others had to be told that he has been risen. But she of her own self was the only one who had come to the garden at night looking for him. You know what the Bible says? Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So God gave her a special privilege. In the Old Testament, only a man, only the high priest ever once a year got to see the mercy seat. He saw this emblem of the two angels on either end of the, of the covering and the presence of God, the glory of God in the middle. But the two men who you would have thought should have been able to see the mercy seat didn't see it that day. It was Mary because she had so much to be grateful for. I'm telling you today, we need to see the mercy seat. We need to come not just looking at the clothes, not just looking at the empty tomb, but you have got to see 
the mercy seat. Because God has taken most of us from a long way, from something terrible, from something no good, from a loser, a failure. I can tell you, I want to see the mercy seat. See, this place was something special. On the Day of Atonement, the high priest would have killed this one goat. And he would have taken this, this little uh, kid of the goat's blood. And he would have taken it all the way. And only on this day of the year was he allowed to do this. He would have come past the, the, the bread on his right, the candlestick on his left. And then the final thing was that golden altar. He would go up to that altar and he would take a special little shovel. And he would take some of the coals off of that altar. Those hot coals and he would put it into the blood and it would steam. And then he would fearfully go behind that curtain. And as long as he lived, he knew that God had given mercy. Not only to him, but to Israel. On his shoulders were the names of the 12 tribes engraved in, in some stones. On his breastplate were the names of the 12 tribes that he would bring before the Lord. But he was only one man. He was only one man. He got to do this once a year. He would then dip his fingers in the blood. And sprinkle it on the floor and before the mercy seat. And he could only do this once a year. When he came out. I've got this picture in my mind. Of all of Israel surrounding the tabernacle. Probably about two million people. All quiet. Waiting to hear what had happened. If the sacrifice had been accepted. If the one man who could see the mercy seat had accomplished his mission. I want to tell you, the one man who could truly let us see the mercy seat has accomplished his mission. He didn't go in with the blood of bulls and goats, but he took his own blood and sprinkled it for us. See, we celebrate his death, and that's great. But without a resurrection, that's nothing. Without a resurrection, that's nothing. It's the resurrection that makes the death meaningful. See, Jesus came to show something different from under the law. Under the law, almost anything you did against God meant death. But in the New Testament, when he said telestai, when he said finished, when he said paid in full, there was a new thing happening. As you all know what happened when he said that. The veil that separated that Ark of the Covenant tore in two. That veil in that temple was nothing small. By this time it was 70 feet high in that magnificent te temple. They said it weighed over 2,000 pounds. And the way God made it tear was to just prove that no human did it. Because it tore, the Bible says, from the top down. Not from the bottom up. Because God was showing that now we all can see for ourselves the mercy seat. See, if you could choose probably of seeing something today, maybe in our flesh we would all like to see a big pile of money. <laughs> a, big, a big new car. Maybe a big new house. Maybe to see in the rest of 23 a new relationship. But what I'm going to tell you something, what we really need to see is the mercy seat. is the mercy seat. See, every year they had to keep repeating this ceremony. Every year they had to do the same thing. Every year there had to be a high priest that was willing to risk his life to go behind the curtain. 
I don't think anyone loved that job. Nobody wanted that job. I bet there were a few times the high priest went behind there and he died. He died. You know why? He never got to see the mercy seat. John chapter 20, verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre and we don't know where they have laid him. So they come running and John beats Peter to the, to the grave and he goes in first. And he sees just the grave clothes. He just sees the grave clothes. But let's go to John Chapter 20, verse 11. This was the same Mary who had come to him despite all the looks that people were giving. She went to the house of a Pharisee. The very people who would turn their noses, the very people who would have stoned her if they had the chance. And she came up to Jesus weeping. And she got to his feet. She was looking at the mercy seat. In the flesh. And the Bible said she took an alabaster box that had cost maybe a half year's wages and she broke it and put on his head. You know what she was doing? She was anointing him for his role in the mercy seat. This is why she was the first one to see the mercy seat. John chapter 20, verse 11. And Mary stood without at the sepulchre weeping. And as she wept, she finally decided she was going to look inside. And seeth two angels. If you could put up the next slide. Sitting in white. The one at the head. The other at the, at the feet. Where the body of Jesus lay. You know what she was looking at? It was the mercy seat. It was the Ark of the Covenant. Replicated for her to see. You see, that's what we have got to look for. We have got to come here looking for the mercy seat. Not looking for other people. Not looking to be hyped up. Not looking for a good time. You've got to see the mercy seat. If you could stand with me. I told you I was going to be short. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. But this man... After he had, you can put back the other slide, I think it's up there. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever. Remember what it was called? The mercy seat. What does it say? He sat down. I believe Jesus is sitting right now in that seat where no man could ever sit. Why? Why? So that we can come and obtain mercy. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. This is my closing verse. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may what? Obtain mercy. 
mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. I don't know about you, but I have some needs. I need God's grace. I need his mercy. As we close this service, as we close this time of remembrance of the fact that now it's not up to one man. It's not up to a high priest. It's not up to a priest. It's not up to a pastor. But you can come boldly to a throne of grace. The only thing you have to bring is not some blood. The Bible says a broken and a contrite heart. He will accept that. When you come to him, you can be like Mary. The other two, they looked in the tomb, they couldn't see it. But when she looked in the tomb, she saw what was the mercy seat. She saw the two angels framing the place where he had died, where his blood had spilt. In other words, the mercy seat. This altar is open for anyone who wants to come. I might not be able to pray for you all. But here is the opportunity for you to come boldly, as the scripture says, to a throne of grace where you, like Mary, can look down inside the tomb and see more than just some clothes, just see more than just the story, just see more than the Easter eggs. There's no bunny in this cave. It's not about chocolate. It's about grace. It's about God's mercy. It's about his love. It's about the fact that he died where nobody else could have done it. And as the scripture says, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, is now sat down. Right now, we have the opportunity to come before that throne. No blood, just your heart. Amen. If you could bow your hearts with me, we're going to close this service. Amen. We've, we've worshipped, we've sang, we've praised. And now we need to give thanks. God has taken you through from one Resurrection Sunday to another. And if you, like Mary, can bow down and look down into the tomb, you will see the mercy seat. Hallelujah. Father, we come to you today. We lift up our hands in worship. We thank you for your greatness. We thank you, Lord, that you are sat down in that mercy seat so we can come boldly to you today, Lord, to obtain mercy, to obtain grace, to obtain healing, to obtain direction, to obtain counsel, to obtain love, hallelujah, to obtain relationship. All the things that we seek, Lord, are found in you. Lord, we ask right now as we close this service, as we humble ourselves before your throne, Lord, that you will lift us up, that you will exalt us and put us in heavenly places. Lord, we thank you right now for your goodness and your grace, that you died on Calvary, but more than that you died, that you were resurrected. We give you all the grace. Hallelujah, praise. Church, if you could just pray with me for a little bit.